from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Welcome to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your sometimes glamorous, sometimes rock star host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to learn about business during global chaos. Today's episode, amazing. It's one of those non-traditional path type stories that I just really fall in love with because that's my story. Everybody that's listened to this show knows that I've had a very non-traditional path. Now I got someone that has the same type of story on the show and I'm excited. First though, remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can join the channel. You can become a baby shark for only $3 a month, but if giving money through big tech is not your thing, you can also get some of the freshest coffee available delivered right to your doorstep at deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK, save 20%. All the proceeds directly support us producing the biggest and best show we possibly can. Now let's get back to today's show. We're going to chat with somebody that took a different route to success. There are many roads to achieve your dreams and reach the success you you yearn for. You know, that success that you see it up there, you want it, you feel it. You know, but you don't have to do what people tell you that you have to do. You don't have to go down the road that people say you have to go down just for the sake of doing it. And I think really in a nutshell, that's what today's episode's about. So who is today's guest? None other than Maria Wu is an entrepreneur and loyal feminist. She is the founder of Mod Medical Clinic and partner of Probiti. Medical Management, Alberta Pediatric Consultant Clinic, Velocity Injury Medical Clinic, Lab 11 Medical Aesthetics, and Maria has a desire to cultivate community. She has a major passion to advocate for social inequalities, especially when it comes to accessibility of healthcare. Maria's most recent project, Mod Medical Clinic, aims to embolden women through the exploration of body and biology providing easy access for evidence-based vaginal health care and education. Now, she has left this out of her bio, but I'm going to add it in right here. Maria is also a Forbes Business Development Advisory Council member. That is the same group as I am in. For all our listeners, viewers out there, you've seen me post the articles that I've written on Forbes or the expert panels that I've been a part of. Maria is part of this same elite executive group. So right there, that should give her some good credibility. And I'm really excited to have her on this show. So let's bring Maria on in here. Personal Growth. Maria, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. <laughs> Thank you, David, for having me. Uh, you know, I tell everybody that I'm going to welcome them to the show, but I never tell them that I have my catch line there that they're going to become Shark Bait. That's my secret. <laughs> it always catches them off guard. <laughs> so, 
We have a tradition of the show. The very first question, it's always the same thing, okay? What's your history? Where you've been? What are you doing? You know, how did you get where you're at? Basically, tell us the secret recipe that makes Maria Maria. Oh, that's good. Um, Loaded question to start off the show, right? (laughs) Loaded for sure. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, remind me if I get sidetracked. Um, But really, I'm I'm from Calgary, Alberta. I come from a quite a large family of um, six children. And um, yeah, so I'm right in the middle. I'm number three. And um, quite uh, academically focused family. Um, I did not go to university despite my parents' plans uh, and started hustling, you know, really at grade 12, I started uh, playing around with uh, selling wedding dresses uh, into a wedding gown business um, for about 10 years and, you know, 18 year old self, um, ups and downs, different businesses. Um, some, some did really well, some didn't do so well, but essentially now I've found myself really within the medical community. I, I enjoy mm-hmm. the medical world. Um, primarily and, and just to clarify, you're in the medical world and you didn't go to college. I did not. So that 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 is amazing. And I think that that just if you don't mind, elaborate a little bit, because I think uh, you're up in Canada, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. OK. You're up in Canada. But I think the same minds. I work for a Canadian company out of Newfoundland. And, yeah. you know, we a lot of same mindsets with some of those things. And it's always college, 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 college. You know, the answer for everybody. Everybody's different, I think. And you can make it because there is usually a thing, equivocal experience, but it's hard to get up there. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit on that path? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you know, this is something I've been that that's been sitting in the back of my mind forever because of how I was raised and how important it is to go to post-secondary even to this day, I, my dad would love me to go to school, right? <laughs> so he's like, you should go back and get a degree or something. And, and uh, it, it, it is really interesting. I think in the end, it all comes down to really knowing who you are and, and tackling that piece. Um, our school system is definitely not made for brains like me, where yep. I don't really follow rules i like to make my own up um i i love it yeah (laughs) i mean i think now it's like i i really i had a reading disability and so so because of that i didn't enjoy reading i didn't write um and and i got lucky right i i would still I, I think in terms of being an 18 year old, there was, I, I did lack uh, some of the maturity and some things that I could have learned by going to post-secondary. So I do, I don't really encourage dropping uh, or mm-hmm. doing what I did. I, I don't encourage it, but I think what, what essentially it is, is we should, we should really be focusing on finding ourselves. I think if we get into the political side, like our school system could be better in in not um like we're just such a linear school system and and teaching us to 
really essentially work for grades at the end. And then you get your mark and you're like, yay, I passed. Like, whew, next one, right? Um, where we should be doing a test and and then dissecting the stuff that we didn't know uh, as opposed right. to passes this. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's an interesting conversation right there and of itself. I personally did not go to college right out of high school. I moved to Mexico. And so... I actually did not go to college till probably 2011, I think it was. And I only went for, I think, an associate's degree. And it was just because I kind of felt like I had to, that the job market with the great, what's it called? The Great Recession, I believe that was like 2008, 2009 in the United States. But the job market changed. Like before that, if you didn't have a college degree, it was okay. But after that and during that, there were so many applicants, employers, you know, they could pick, okay, well, I want someone with experience and a college degree, and they made it that much harder to move up. So I was like, okay, dang it, I'll go. And I'll tell you what, I think 80, 85% of what I did at college for that degree was a waste. I mean, I literally showed up for tests because it was stuff that I've already passed. I've already learned. Luckily, Spanish. I mean, since I lived in Mexico for 15 years, I was able to test out of that and save myself a couple thousand. Um, you know, I actually aced the the Spanish exam at the third party proxy. They made me kind of go awesome. through and gave me all 12 credits for four courses because of the fact that I am fluent in that language now. But a lot of the business stuff or the marketing stuff stuff that I've already kind of known throughout my yeah. business career because I was successful at a young age that, I, you know, I still had to take the courses and it was just like so boring. Now, there were some things that I learned that were pretty cool. You know, it gave me a different perspective on marketing and stuff like that. But, you know, ultimately, I think it fine-tuned. Like, I always viewed myself as, like, rough around the edges, and I think what it did was it kind of fine-tuned a lot of those point of views. And one of the things that I always look to is, have you seen the little red book of selling? Jeffrey Gittimer. Oh, no, I have not read it. I've seen it. Okay, you've seen it. You've probably seen it. I, I think most people that watch a show or listen to it probably have seen or heard about it. But when I read through that book, I only read through it about two years ago, okay? I read through it for the very first time, and I really have no formal sales training myself. Yeah. I read through this. I'm like, dude, I already do everything in this book, but <laughs> this book is more refined. The biggest thing that stuck out to me in that book is I forget what chapter it was, but it was basically, you know, the best thing you can do for more leads was free speech. and his thing on, well, what is free speech? I don't mean free speech as in the Constitution. It means getting your butt on stage and right. being well-polished and being able to give a pitch to a chamber of commerce or something like that about your ideas or passion because right then and there, you're essentially already validated. You know, once you're up on that stage, you're validated. And then afterwards, you know, those leads are going to come right to you. So, it, it, you know, it helped me, I guess you could say, formalize some of my ideas, but I don't know. I mean, I, I have a weird, you, a weird view 
on business and education, but it sounds like it's kind of in line a little yeah. bit with what you view. Yeah, that's really fascinating because I feel the same way, right? Oftentimes, I, I think I think there is that intrinsic piece in people like you and I where we're starting businesses and that entrepreneurship. It, mm-hmm. it, it, we don't think linear, like I said. Right there it is. I got the book right here. I mean, yeah. this is one of the few. I have two sales books on my desk. Yeah. All the other books are from guests of this show. <laughs> uh, but the two books I got are spin selling because uh, I was I was forced by a contract I held about 10 years ago to uh-huh. read spin selling before they would give me a contract. It was because the guy came from Xerox. He's like, you've got to read this. So I've read it, but I, that's the only other sales book I've ever read up until this. And it amazed me how much the philosophies, you know, this is a Jeffrey Gittimer is like a premier business sales, biz dev guru type guy. And it amazed me just naturally how much we've already fell in line. And I think you felt the same way, you yeah. know, would feel the same way if you, if you read it, it's a great read. Okay. I must, I must read it. Um, yeah. And that's really what it is. Is like, it's natural to you. And mm-hmm. it's finally somebody that is articulate and has written it down and broke your brain thought process down onto a book. And you're like, well, oh yeah, that's totally what I do. But I just, I don't do step one, two, three, four, five. I go one and five. Like right, so, right. right. That two, three, four is just a happy. little bit more analytical than, yeah. and then that's the one area that I think further education may be be able to help me with, but that doesn't mean necessarily college. I mean, there's a lot of different things out there. Of course, Sarah, all those different things, uh, master classes where I could probably go and just learn how to, how can I be a little bit more analytical to understand some raw data myself? And Mm -hmm. then right there, I bridge that one gap that I need. I don't need to spend another $50,000 at a university. Yeah, that's how I view it. Yeah, and I, I agree. If um, you, again, it comes down to just really knowing who you are, right? And, right. and going with, with what you're good at and leveraging lever- leveraging the way you think and your brain and mm-hmm. then maximizing that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I do agree. I think that that, that piece of paper in the end, um, it does give you a ticket to an option, but if you, I think if you're in line, it does make it easier. I think it does. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it definitely does. It's just for people like you and I, I think if we had the opportunity to be in front of a panel, we could sell the sell ourselves. So in, if it was meant to be right. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. with that certificate or the diploma, you get to be in that lineup. It's kind of like like where I was just saying, where Jeffrey Gittimer says about the free speech, like, hey, you go out there and you're speaking for a chamber of commerce, those people are going to be like, oh, he's speaking for the chamber of commerce or she's speaking for the chamber of commerce. Instant validation. That is what the degree is also doing for you. It's giving you an instant, you know, like validation, but right. I mean, honestly, I've, I don't want to be so blunt, but I'll say it. 
I'll just say it out. Okay. Uh, people are going to hate me on this, but I met a lot of stupid people with college degrees and they should not have that Instagram, uh, you know, validation. So that's where I kind of challenge that, that it's more than just, you know, having that piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We need that well-roundedness, right? The EQ, mm -hmm. the IQ, that whole shebang. You're right. Especially as you get mid mid level career to senior level career as you're getting older, I mean yeah. it really comes down to. I don't care about your education, you know. I want to know how how did you go to market with this product, you know? How did you sell it to millions of people or whatever it may be, you know? Actually, being able to perform and execute, I think, has more weight eventually than a piece of paper. Yes, I agree. What are you doing now exactly? And how did you get into the medical industry then? Okay. So med the medical industry, um, I come from a family of physicians. So there's, okay. I think we've got over, I think we've got over about 30 physicians in my family. So there's, there's a lot of them. And um, so you have inherited the education yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there and you go. table discussions, right? Yep. And um, so I think I think that just listening to uh, values of physicians, what they're looking for, the mm -hmm. the the really the patient uh, experience is how I always looked at it because I I don't know anything they're talking about and still don't when when they get too sciency, it's gone beyond my mind. But I. But I put myself in the perspective of just like we're watching TV, you you choose a character that you can relate to, right? And so typically I would relate to the patient. And, and so I think that's how I get into this operational piece and where what inspired me to get into the practices that I am now is that's amazing. It from that perspective. Yeah, it's kind that, of cool. That, that, you know, we're, we're, we're in two different countries entirely uh obviously a lot of differences between both of us but yet so similar in so many places because like for example right now i'm in erp enterprise resource planning systems so think of back office like management software solutions yeah. that can manage a whole business from a to z okay that's what i do i entered this world i didn't even know what erp really was i had an idea Idea, but I didn't even really know until this day. I'm even like the manager exec that runs the the whole region to this point. It's like I just direct traffic, you know. I I let the experts speak. They yeah. say their parts, you know. I tell them say this, not that. Okay, they speak. If I feel they're going out of bounds, I shut the conversation down and uh, schedule a new call. Yeah. But it, it's a lot of kind of like what you just said and i don't know i mean i feel like a lot of what what you're saying also validates me my experience my path because i know that it's always been an uphill battle for me to get to where where i'm at with the path that i chose for my life have you felt an uphill battle you know you're in the medical industry and you know no degree or anything so has that been like just feeling validated and you've had to go above and beyond to prove yourself? Yeah, uh, definitely takes a bit of, and to this day, people will be like, oh, 
but you're not a doctor, right? And they'll say that. And, and I would say maybe pre five years ago, I would have felt a bit of that. Oh, I'm like shame. Yeah, I guess so. Where you're like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. And then trying to prove myself of what I've done prior and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, But now it's like that, that just kind of blows through. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm not a doctor. Like I, I do the business side of, of the medical practice. So, and and I take pride in it as opposed to being like, you know, that's kind of how I am. Yeah. You're like, you're not a doctor. That's normal. But (laughs) I do understand the systems that you're working in or in your, your practice, you do understand the procedures that are happening or whatever it is. You understand the parameters. Yes. Okay, you you don't know every single detail, but you know it from a mid-level to high level, I probably assume, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't know every detail, but you know it from mid-level to high level, and therefore you can speak to it. If you want to get granular, no problem, you know, we'll get you a doctor or an expert or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then also knowing your lane, right? Like, I'm not going to go in and do what they're supposed to be doing and and they know very well not to go in my lane so it always works out well when we know again what our path is and what we're good at hey maria you just named this podcast this episode's going to be now called knowing your lane thank you (laughs) (laughs) that is the perfect title because of the the topics that we're we're kind of discussing about i mean everything that we've talked about is kind of roughly about knowing your lane and i think that that fits in perfectly. So let me ask you about this. You have the entrepreneurial spirit, okay? Uh, you obviously are, you know, at the forefront of business development. You understand all of that. Um, you know medical, not from studying it, but just from having a family of doctors and stuff like that. How did you find you know, how, how, how did you become the founder of Mod Medical Clinic then? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, I think community, like, sorry, community is really important. Like, and knowing, right. knowing the, having the resources available to me. So yeah. that would be one piece. Uh, what drove me to this, to developing uh, Mod Medical was, knowing that there's a need, a need in the community a need. and, and okay. really it's, it's the advocacy part that drove me for this business. Uh, it, it's, that's great. I, yeah. It, I think that's great. Like that's very common entrepreneur. Um, and it is, push, but right? yeah. is it, I I've got to ask this cause I, I, I swear we probably have a thousand or 2000 viewers out there asking the same, like, Normally, an entrepreneur, their thing is to solve a problem. Like we were just talking before, and we were talking about the interview prior to yeah. yours, which was with Maurice Haiti. And, you know, he said that, hey, you know, I met a lot of tea drinkers as a fitness expert. And their problem was, is that it wasn't convenient because it had the sugar and that they'd have to bring like a fanny pack with sugar and everything (laughs) food. And so I found a way to get granulated honey in there and make it taste awesome. And that's how I solved a problem that I wasn't even aware that was a problem. Okay. 
Now, in the medical community, though, that I think is a little bit of a different level than just solving a problem with pee. So how common or uncommon is it? Is it for you being who you are to go out there and solve that that problem as a non doctor business type person? Mm-hmm. Well, mod is awesome because um, it does, it touches on several aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, what it was is, we'll say endometriosis, for example. So okay. some, a woman, the average diagnosis, it takes nine years to have that diagnosis for endometriosis. So that mm-hmm. means an individual is living with that for nine years before they have an actual diagnosis and then know how to route themselves from there. And, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Is like we, we naturally, I have three children and we- How old are they? Birth. Sorry, I told you I'm personal. How old are they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 18, 15, 14. Okay. Okay. I got, yeah. uh, 18. I've 18 got, uh, eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got 18, eight. And my son just turned four yesterday. He rewarded me by actually tearing off the spigot to our sink by hanging on it. So I don't <laughs> even have a kitchen sink right now, but that's my four-year-old for you. That's your four-year-old. Yeah, well, yeah. time with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family is a big part of the show. Sorry, go ahead. No, absolutely. But th- but it is a big part because it's it's very important to us, right? Like this is it's a driving is factor. We're doing all we, that we do is to support. Do you do this? Do you let me ask you as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, a very successful businesswoman, do you do this more for you or do you view that you're doing this to provide for your kids? Ah. Uh, so this there's a shift in that momentum right right there there is when i had my when my children were young it was all about providing it was all about i i need this i need to make this um a certain number because i want my kids to be able to afford whatever it is like all our priorities and and once i found my lane and the purpose of why I'm here and what yeah. all these things have led me to, I realize I, in the end, I am doing it all for myself. And that's what I should be doing. We, yeah. because I can, until I am, until I am focusing on why I am here, I can't provide for them anyway. So, you know, I find the same thing went, yeah. as a father, you know, it, it's basically like, Hey, I like going out for concerts. I like meeting rock stars. You know, I just went, I had pit tickets to Guns N' Roses two weeks ago in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And it was, it was amazing. But, you know, I had that because of the fact that, you know, at work with what we do, I'm a rock star. I I do what I do. And me being able to do that, I can still achieve my dreams while still providing for the kids very well. And I think a lot of a lot of parents, especially when they have new kids, they kind of get lost a little bit in the, oh, I have to provide for my kids. And you do have to provide for your kids, but you have yeah. to also make sure that you're happy too and that you don't feel like you're doing it for everybody else but yourself. Because if you do, 
have that sediment, you're you're not going to reach your highest. Oh, yes. That I'm a huge believer of that that that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that, that's great. Yeah. So, I want to get into I, I know I've been asking you a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of off the wall questions. Hey, so this has been amazing so far. We've had well, a, a You know that that conversation actually loops back to what I was saying about mod, right? Oh, and the purpose of it yeah. because because that is exactly what a parent does is they mm-hmm. have a baby and then it's all focused on the child. Right. And if you think of a vagina and the baby came out of it, suddenly, like there's no, there's very few women that think about themselves after the baby has come. And yeah. they decide to just put aside all those issues that has a arose from, you know, carrying a baby for nine months, um, the delivery. And and then I think some very few men feel that way. But I think a lot more women because of the fact that they carry the child for nine months, they have that, that weird bond that men usually I think, just can't feel you know, like they, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? There's or a biological piece to it, right? Like right. For survival. So for survival, we have our hormones and, and all that has developed through carrying the baby that you've got that bond right, right from the beginning. So I think, I do think like right. men have to, men will put the effort and it actually funny enough is like there, there are studies about men. If once you have a child, if you actually do deeds like changing diapers, putting mm-hmm. things to bed, it your testosterone level actually starts lowering to a more nurturing Yeah, I've level. heard of things like that. Yeah, and and those are and that's kind of or I, even I when a woman's it. pregnant, I've always you know I've experienced this the two pregnancies she's had, but you know like it's like the wife's getting weight so does the the husband he gains uh maternity you know it's weird <laughs> yeah. because if you do have a, a a strong bond i mean a lot of those things like emotions and stuff like that it's not it, it's weird because i you know in one breath we're saying it's about the individual but on the other breath we're also saying it's a shared experience as well too so mm-hmm. i guess what we're trying to get to the heart to is where do you find that line between the shared experience and others, whether it's kids, spouse, whatever, compared to the individual? Yeah. Yeah. And it is, everybody is so unique, right? Like we all have mm-hmm. different. That line's going to vary for every person. Well, yeah. Every couple, every mother child every father son or father daughter father kid whatever you know it's gonna it's gonna differ so you know i want to ask you again i mean you you have such a unique story we've had other medical professionals on this show we've had a lot of other women on this show Uh, i think probably most of our guests are probably uh women because there's a lot of women in business i don't think they get enough credit for how many women there are out there in business. I just don't know if they're just not as, you know, touting it uh, or what, but (laughs) we have a lot of some of the brightest minds I've met. You know what I mean? It's great. So how has it been? You know, I want to hear it from you, your personal story 
about women, you navigating a business world, opening up a medical center, okay, being a non-doctorate, non-college degree. And again, I was essentially almost the same way. I mean, people still look down at me because I don't have a bachelor's, but it's like, why do I need to, you know, spend another $50,000 to get a bachelor's from Penn State? When I've already yeah. suppressed that of my career, I don't need to validate my past by getting a piece of paper. But I want to hear from the perspective of being a woman in Canada. How has that been for you? There is definitely, um, I believe there's definitely more hurdles that I have to jump through if I were to compare with somebody else. Uh, right. But but I don't. Do you think, but but what the hurdles? Can you elaborate yeah. on the the hurdles? Is it because a beard, a woman? Is it because of the non college degree? Is it a combination of the both? Is it because Canadian versus American? I don't know how that shakes out, but I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah I would say it's more so the the being a woman, and mm-hmm. and also some of that visible minority aspect right Mm -hmm. so um so I think I do have I I put myself or I am in an area that it's just a bit more targeted uh the women being a woman is tough you know you dress up and it's like oh you're I've been in meetings where where a guy would say oh I you cut your hair yeah Mm -hmm thanks. I cut my hair and it's like, no, you, you cut it. It looks good. Thanks. No, I'm telling you, you look really good. Thank you. Like, I, I don't actually even know what else I'm supposed to say. And he's like, I just, I'm telling you because I notice. Right. 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 Okay. But I mean, I've got, so look, I've got to pay, play devil advocates here. Yeah. Okay. Like that. if I go in, in one of my, everybody makes fun of me because I wear a million bracelets. I'm like the rock star with the suit on, but I'll, I'll throw on a suit and you know, if it's a, a new suit or maybe it's a more, Raxal suit. I mean, whether it's women, men, whatever, they'll be like, wow, David, you know, pretty kick-ass suit. You know, I I and I'm not the greatest looking guy in the world. I mean, so like I, I see a little bit of that on both sides. Where do you think that maybe crosses the line? That's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, sincerely. and I think crossing the line is a perspective, right? Of the receiver is really mm-hmm. what it is. So so okay. to me, I, I can brush stuff off uh no problem but but that that day i it really kept stuck with me because i i think it's the there there's probably a piece where there is a bit of awkwardness um mm-hmm. in society that people don't know how to communicate when they really should just talk to me like everybody else but Mm-hmm. But when they see you, they almost feel like they're supposed to say something. And and in this person's case, I, is my, my guess is that there is some awkwardness to me walking in, in my heels. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're just like, uh, the first thing I can say is like, I just noticed this about you, like visually about you and, and then trying to make a conversation and connect. It's just the, the oddness of the connection um, for it it becomes visual right. because it's the first thing they need they can spot and and say so i think that was his approach on how to connect it's just mm-hmm. 
I feel like with men and women. I hate it though. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I just got a haircut and every single internal meeting, oh, David, you got a haircut. Or you should have seen after I left my hair grow for a year just during the lockdowns and stuff like like yeah. it was down to here. Um, and then I chop it off and I get back to my normal style. Like, oh, I guess I got to start taking care of myself again. And, you know, everybody's <laughs> like that. I mean, yeah. as much as in a way, I kind of like it because it's like, OK, well, I guess I'm, I'm doing something right. But I mean, internally, it's just like. I wish you would not have said that to me <laughs> because it just makes me feel weird. It's that instances like what I had told you earlier, like I'm never going to be able to please everybody. I'm never going to be able to make everybody happy. I'm always going to have a misstep here or there. And it just kind of get over it. Everybody's not going to love you all the time. I'm just, I don't know. I just got one of those personalities where it's like... I kind of come from it from the aspect of service to where I've tried to please everybody, especially now that I'm in the management role with all the clients, with my yeah. whole team, stuff like that. It's a little bit of a role reversal than when I was just, you know, sales rep, just trying to sell as much as I can, worrying about my wallet, me deals, and then everybody else worries about the problems. So let's get into our very, very last topic, which will be following your passion for success okay how like how much do you think that following passion to achieve success is really important do you have to love what you do oh my goodness yeah yes 100% and if you don't you're not on the right path you really are like you and you're going to know it. You're going to not want to wake up or you're not mm-hmm. going to want to do this. Like it's, it's all, and you will know, cause I have had, I have multiple different medical businesses and it was not until I had mod set up. And I remember going to the lawyer, filling out the contracts and, mm-hmm. and then walking my dogs. And as I'm walking, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is why I am on this earth. Like it was yeah. this sudden like thing of like, <laughs> I finally, like I figured out what I'm doing and I know that it's not the end is the amazing part of it. But, but mm-hmm. I felt like everything that I have done achieved and lost and learned and didn't learn is, is all, has all led to this piece where I was like, finally, like I, I have found my path. There you go. Like oh, yeah. I'm on the right path. Like there's no more. There's no more wiggling. Like I feel, I feel I'm doing what I should, I personally as Maria Wu is do is supposed to be here for at this time. So yeah. And it definitely, it definitely sounds like you're doing that because when we were talking about the, the clinic, I'd be, it's really sounded like you were very passionate about helping people and, you know, having that passion, that love, really, it, it sounds like it enabled you to reach to the level of success that you're having. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Hey. To each their own, right? Like everybody yeah. has their own. So uh, definitely go for it. Just go for it. Go for it. Okay. That's going to be the subtitle. There you go. You're writing this all yourself, Rhea. I love it. Best interview ever. You're like, you're like my red book, actually. That's what it is. I'm just, there you go. Like, hey, so narrow it down to this. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So, hey, this has been fun. Have you had fun? This has been a very far-reaching uh, conversation across a lot of different areas about business as oh, as man. a whole. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Oh, no problem. Like I said, you know, we just love having this open conversation with, you know, entrepreneurs like you just to kind of get your perspective, your ideas, and just get them out there in a different way to a lot of different people on the show. So I got one more question to ask you. How can people reach out to you? How can they find Mod Clinic? Well, I think uh, Instagram, we're on our website. The website's www.modmedical.com. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, find Instagram. My, in, my personal Instagram is the real Maria Wu. Um, oh, so it compares it to the Foss Maria Wu. Yeah. Look me up. I, I'm sure if we, I'm sure if you do a Google search and you should be able to somehow find me um, well we'll make it I, easier I, than a google search we'll include the links down in the descriptions below yeah yeah you'll find it right down below on youtube or if you're at itunes spotify google podcast verbal our our favorite audio program where i'm actually the ambassador of sales podcast okay verbal you can see the links down there below in the descriptions make sure you check out maria and her mod clinic hey maria Thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. No, thank you. Wow. Such an amazing interview with Maria, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked some warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to do us a favor, okay, share this out to your network, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Wherever you dwell on the interwebs, share this out to your friends, your colleagues, whoever it may be. Shark Bite Biz is the best kept secret out there in the world to business. And I tell you what, I can't wait for the day to see Maria Wu, Mod Clinic, and Shark Bite Biz out there trending. Now, let's get back to our rock star guest, Maria, because she had some awesome, awesome, awesome points. And I really love the discussion. She never went to college. She did not become a doctor, yet she owns a medical clinic. Amazing. If she was doing surgical procedures, yeah, I think I would probably want someone that has a doctorate's degree in there. But being the owner of a clinic that has a specific mission and being that she kind of grew up and is very familiar with the medical community, you know, her family being all doctors and stuff like that, She is somebody that was kind of born with that natural talent for business and has been able to fine-tune those skills throughout her career. To me, that is mind-blowing and amazing. I totally love it. I do want to point out, though, with what Maria stated, okay, because this is really, really important, her path. She said this. She wouldn't recommend it to anybody, okay? Why? Well, it was her path, and she probably had a lot more hurdles to jump through to get where she is at. It is much harder when you go down these alternative paths, and I agree with that. If you can afford to go to college or trade school and deal with the debt and have the family support, go for it. Take advantage. Kinda is a shortcut to get to where you want in life. 
but I didn't go, you know, to college until I really hit a barrier in my career that was preventing me from going up further. It's like, I already know all this stuff, but yet I needed a formal piece of paper that says, I know what I already know. It's stupid. I know. But that's the way the game's played, unfortunately. And the paths that we took, they're not for everyone. But that does not mean that it's not a viable option for you, okay? If you decide not to go to college, you need to have a plan. Or more than likely, you're not. You're going to end up just flipping burgers out there for the rest of your life. You have to be driven. You have to have goals and make sure that you're working towards those goals. And like Maria did, jump through all the hoops that otherwise would have disqualified you from the game of life. I'm astonished with what Maria has completed. And this was really, truly an amazing interview. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Maria, sharing your story. And I can't wait to have you back on. Question of the day. What's your take on a non-traditional path? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Do you want to be on the show? If so, shoot out an email, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please don't forget to join the channel. Only three bucks a month and you can become a baby shark. And again, don't forget, you can get the freshest coffee on earth delivered right to your doorstep. Deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. Get 20% off of your order. Does not get easier than that. And you all know this by now, but I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Fight Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.